Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. I want to I want to preach out of 2 Samuel chapter 6. Let's just uh, let's just look here around verse 12. Verse 12. And it was told King David saying that the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. They remember brother Watkins when he opened up he talked about Yuza and reaching forth, and they had put it on that, the ark on that card, and the Lord had got upset, and Yuza went to touch it, to steady it. It's a dangerous thing when you think you're the one going to manipulate the presence of God. Mm. But he did. When you get so comfortable around his presence that you think your hands on it will make it right. Yeah, yeah. And he messed him up. Killed him. Perez Yuza, the breaking forth against Yuza. Problem is, it comes back, word David, it was told David that they were getting blessed. So David went and he brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced Before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. About a six mile stretch of land between the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David. About a six mile stretch of dirt road. I used to preach a a message years ago called David's Bloody Sandals. Preached about David dancing in that blood. Had Had a local guy that was really into math the first time I had preached about that topic. He came, he brought me these notes. He said, I tried to run the numbers as close as we can find it on the map. He said, he said if they stopped every six paces, it would have been just over 406 times every mile and about 2,437 stops during the six-mile journey. That's 2,437 oxen and 2,437 calves. Nearly 500 animals Approximately a thousand gallons of blood fell over a six mile stretch of dirt highway. But David recognized this time if I'm going to have a move of the presence of God, it might cost me something. Mm. I'd rather it cost me a sacrifice I intend on than a man I didn't plan on dying. And it was so. When they bared it, they sacrificed those oxen and fatlings, and he danced before the Lord. He was girded with the linen ephod, and David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David. He was leaping. He was dancing, and IBC wasn't even singing. Because when you get your relationship right, you don't need a song to lather you up. 
He was leaping. He was dancing before the Lord. Those are the key words right there. Before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. But they brought it in and they set the ark of the Lord in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. David offered those burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. I want to preach for a little bit, just, just hopefully just a little bit tonight, despised but dancing. You, you just kind of got to make up your mind. <laughs> Whether people like it or not. I guess my big question for you is, are you a worshiper or not? Throw your hands towards heaven. Let's call on the name of the Lord. God, I pray you'd help me to preach. Anointed. I want to share. I want to share with wisdom. I pray the people be anointed. I pray their ears, their mind, their heart, their spirit. There's an attack of the enemy against our minds. There's an attack of the enemy against our heart. There's definitely an attack of the enemy against our actions. But I'm praying you give us liberty in this house. I'm praying you bless your people. These are good people. These are godly people. These are people that love you. Saints are the most high God. Give us liberty in this house. I pray it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody say amen. amen. You may be seated. Whether or not you're despised should not determine whether or not you're dancing. Let me break this down in case you're not a dancer. Just because you might be looked down on by some people should not take away from your ability to celebrate the goodness of God. Brother Ross, we do not worship God just because we're in a good mood. Elder preacher told me one time, he said, there's two times to praise God. When you feel like it, and when you don't. So that's pretty good. Ain't that the truth? Now I can still remember the day Brother Gallion, I saw them. I, I got, uh, it was another one of those days I got tricked into going shopping. Yeah. I was with my mom and my sister. I was just a young kid. We were going to be moving, going to a new town. That's hard enough, isn't it? I don't know what my dad and my brother were doing. I'm not sure how I got on this shopping trip, but I walked in, and if I've told this story before, you can indulge me, but I, I, had, I had no idea when I walked in that it was like the heavens would open and there would be a light that would shine down on a pair of shoes. They were beautiful shoes. They were pumps. Anybody in here remember when pumps came out? <laughs> oh, man. I ran down there and I began to look at those shoes and I, I began to study them. Mom, I need these shoes. How many know when you're a kid, you don't want them, you need them? Some of you adults, you don't want them, you need them. 
I didn't understand why my mom kept bargaining with me about this. I, I was going to get new school shoes. I was going to school, new school, got new school shoes. That's not a normal thing, but it was going to be for me. I think she was helping me out. But she kept bargaining. Are you sure you want these? Yes, I want them. These are powerful. You can't even imagine how high I can jump in these shoes. I got at least a three-inch vertical in these shoes. I remember putting them on in the store, <laughs> you know, pumping them up until it's so tight that the circulation is cut off in your foot. I still don't know what that did. Only thing I didn't understand, Brother Galleon, I wasn't old enough to understand what my mom, what she was bargaining with me for. The name of the shoes were not Reebok. The name of the shoes were Aztec. They were knockoffs. I didn't know what knockoffs were. I just remember she never said anything. I felt like I was on cloud nine walking out of there, strolling out of there. You know, you know when you buy new shoes, you put the old shoes in the box and you wear the new shoes out of the store. How many has ever done that right now? Be honest. You wore the new shoes out of the... <laughs> walking out of the store. First day of school, we moved into Southern Illinois. First day of school, I was sitting in the seat and I was doing one of these deals right here. Like, wanting people to see them, right? Until little kid, just a, a few seats down, was looking at my shoes and laughing. It's what I thought. <laughs> I'm glad you feel bad for me. I feel bad for the memory of me that didn't know. He nudged his buddy. I can still, I can still see it 30 years ago. Nudged his buddy. No, these are pumps. Aztecs, Aztec pumps were not, they were not a thing. Reebok pumps were a thing. Aztec pumps were not a thing. I went home and asked, told my mom, you didn't tell me. You know, I know, now that I'm a parent, I know what she was thinking. They were cheap. You wanted them. I tried to talk you out of them. Too bad, so sad. You get what you get. <laughs> yeah, you, have, you bought the same shoes, didn't you? You know. <laughs> I took a hard lesson as a kid. I can remember it vividly to this day. There's a difference between the real thing and a substitute. Yes, there is. There is a, there is a difference. I always feel a little extra energy when you're up in the choir. You hear me right now. There's a difference between having church and playing church. Yes, there is. There is a difference between talent and anointing. There's a difference between acting Pentecostal and being Pentecostal. There's a difference between saying we're apostolic and acting like we're apostolic. 
When we act like we're apostolic, we stop caring about what anybody says or what anybody thinks or what anybody might judge us by because we remember this is not for them. This is not for their agenda. This is not for their applause. I'm doing this for one person and one person alone and his name is great and greatly to be praised. I'm not doing this. You're not singing good so that he thinks you got a pretty voice. Come on, I'm gonna pick on you since you're up here looking good and sounding good. You ain't trying to sneak a preach good so that she thinks you're gonna be something someday. That's not why we're doing what we're doing. We don't get up here and start singing about heaven and talking about heaven and, and preaching a little bit about David in the meadow and coming in the name of the Lord. We don't do that because we think it's the right semantics. Maybe if I say it in the right way or preach it with the right tone, maybe we can get about 500 people to clap. No, that's not what we're after. What we're after is people that know I'd be in hell if it wasn't for him. I'd be lost if it wasn't for him. And so I don't care who despises me. Come on, let me preach a little bit right now. I don't care who makes fun of me. I don't care who talks about me. I don't care if Michael is perched up in the window looking down at me, despising everything I do. You want to know her ugly problem? She had an ugly problem. And she was probably good looking. But good, good looking plus an ugly spirit makes you an ugly person. It's just the truth. When David and Saul are in conflict, Saul decides he'll get at David with a, a unique dig and takes his wife. Michael or Michael, some call her Michael. I just don't like that name for a girl. <laughs> Saul takes, it's his daughter, takes her. She is married to David. Takes her. And gives her to Paltiel. Read it. You can find it. Gives her away. Not only will I try to kill him, I'll take his wife. I'm going to tell you, that's another level of frustration. Show up and your wife's gone. Where's she at? I gave her to somebody else. I'm going to kill you real good. All the way dead. That's what you're thinking. He didn't want to lay his hands on the anointing, but he's frustrated about this. You can find it, 1 Samuel chapter 25. 1 Samuel 25, when David begins to reason again, he says, here's what's going to happen. You'll bring my wife back. Ooh. Get a little fight in him. A little bit of fight is good if you can channel it. It's okay to have a little bit of fight. Just channel it the right way. I'm going to help somebody right now. <laughs> Have fight. Just fight the right cause. I tell people, if you're going to be contentious, be contentious in prayer. He said, I'll take my wife back. You read it. Go study it. When they go and they get, has to destroy some Philistines, say, give me 100, he go ahead and kills 200. Why not? 200 more would be good. 
Here my, here my kale comes. Read the text and you'll find the guy she's been given to, even though the text is kind of elusive on what the relationship is, when she is drawn back to David at the orders of the king, that guy comes weeping behind her. He's in the middle of the street. Baby, don't go. <laughs> Baby, you know I love you. I don't know what he said, but that's how it seems. She's been living with all of the praise her direction. She's been spoiled by daddy. And now she's been loved on by a man who should not be her husband. And it's a dangerous thing when your ears get comfortable with the loving remarks of a man who should not be your husband. And he's following behind her. Now most guys would say, buddy, calm down. <laughs> calm down. You're making a making a fool of yourself, making a spectacle. But he's just weeping, oh, baby. <laughs> and she loves the sound of it. She loves the sound of it. She gets brought back and she's standing in an empty room in an empty palace and David's nowhere around because David had made up his mind it was not going to be her that was his primary affection. Uh-huh. David is on a mission with his life. David is on a mission with his life. Now that you see this scene and you got sweet, you got sweet, Sympathetic, feel sorry for a boy. Now you try to understand and frame her in. She's upstairs. Here comes David and the children of Israel. Every six paces. You know how quick they could have got here had they not stopped every six paces? You know how fast they could have got here? Well, they found out not long ago they could get here fast enough for some dude to die. By touching the ark. When you try to have a sovereign move of God, you don't do it hastily. Come on, you don't do it hastily. I don't, I don't expect an old-fashioned move of God in a microwave mentality. We cannot expect an old-fashioned move of the presence of God. David was teaching us something right here. He was teaching us a move of God's presence costs a little bit of sacrifice. Every six paces... They stopped and they worshiped. They stopped and they worshiped. They stopped and they worshiped. They stopped. Brother Romine, they could have been there so much earlier if they would have stopped all the sacrificing. The problem is they were not interested in the expedience of the journey, but the importance of the journey. Whew. And they're bearing that ark. And she's up, listen, she's up in the room. She can hear the cheers. I don't know how long, how far, try to imagine with your mind, how far down the road, how far down that dirt path could she have heard the cheers closing in? Every six paces when they would stop and worship and they would shout and they would begin to praise, she could hear it closer and closer 
and close. How is it possible that she listened that long and when they get in town, she's still in the room? Because some people don't care about praising at all. Some people do not care about worship at all. Some people want all the glory given to themselves. She's perched up in the window. And David comes in with the children of Israel. And they're stopping and they're dancing and they're sacrificing. He has taken his kingly robe off. He's taken any royalty off. And he is dancing in the blood of the sacrifice. And she looks down and despises him. How glorious was the king today. She was a feisty woman. She was a problematic female. Haven't we preached it at camps all over? Brother Gallion, if you're going to find you a girl, find one in the altar. If you're going to find somebody, how many of you found out that it's easier when you both are worshipers? When you both have made up your mind, it's tough. We got a lot of witnesses in this room that it's tough when only one wants to live a life of worship. I'm going to help somebody right now. I don't know why I keep coming to you. Maybe somebody's about to start a relationship that you don't got the money to cash in on. I'm going to tell you right now, your ministry better be better than how good they look. Man, I'm, I'm, I cannot get over this. I can't stress it. She despised him. And David never even knew it was happening. <laughs> he never even knew until later. Brother Losh, he never got her approval. He never asked her opinion. He never asked her to let him know how she was feeling about it because never was he dancing for her. Not one moment. How glorious was the king today? Didn't you look good? All uncovered. That's where she went to. Notice where she had been with another man. Notice where her mind went and where her words came with it. You look real good all covered in front of everybody. She tried to turn a righteous thing into a perverse thing. And people that hate Pentecostals and people that don't like the fact that you live for God, they want to take what is spiritual and turn it into something perverse. Man, I feel like preaching right now. They want to take what you know to be righteous and holy and godly and put it through some worldly filter and make you feel like you're wrong and make you feel like you're, you're in a cult or you're some kind of crazy. They're trying to pervert the gospel. But the truth is you need to know this. David looked back at her and said, I wasn't dancing for you and I wasn't dancing for your father. It was before the Lord that this was not about you and, and this was not about your daddy. Your daddy didn't make me king. God made me king. This was not about your blessing or your desire. Woo! Come on, somebody. I'm telling you here tonight, you got to make up your mind. I might be despised, but I'm going to worship God anyway. People might not like it, but I'm going to worship God anyway. Throw your hands towards heaven right now and begin to call upon the name of the Lord and give him praise. 
We cannot reserve all our aisle running for camp meetings. Come on, as the guy that's put them together, we cannot be different worshipers at Youth Congress than we are in our local assemblies. Can I remind us? Come on, church family. Let me talk to you a minute. God does not get bigger because the agenda does. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know you might feel tired, but he's worth your praise. And I know you might have had a tough week, but he's worth your praise. I know you might have been overwhelmed, but he's, he's worth your praise. He's bigger than, my God, I feel it right now. He's bigger than your family problem. He's bigger than that sickness. He's greater than that trial or dilemma. You ought to stand to your feet, square your shoulders, and serve hell notice. I might be despised, but I'm gonna dance anyway. People might not like it, but I'm gonna worship him anyway. Come on, you're a worshiper, not a weakling. You are the head and not the tail. You've got authority to praise God. I want everybody in the building to throw your hands towards heaven. And I want you to open up your mouth and let praise begin to flow from your lips. Let praise rise up right now just a little bit. I'm going to pull the blanket off this whether it makes some uncomfortable or not. Some people hate when they hear preaching about praise. They do. They do not think that all this demonstrative stuff is necessary. I've watched the... I've watched the same people who do not like it talked about in church and think that the preacher's just trying to get all the... Ex I'm going to tell you right now, I've been doing this long enough, you don't have to clap at all. I'm going to preach just as hard whether you clap or not. Whether you stand or run. If you, if you think you're clapping for me, you're clapping for the wrong person. If you're clapping because you love the Word of God and you believe in it, then I honor that. But don't clap for me. Don't run aisles for me. Don't dance for me. Don't shout for me. But I feel a word from heaven for somebody. You need to loose yourself in worship. You need to loose yourself in praise. I know there's been COVID, but we will not be bound. We will not be restricted. We will not give in or give up on who we are. And I, and I know I've been preaching about it, but I'm going to preach about it again. There's an agenda in the world that wants to shut us down. If you don't recognize it, right now the church in North America is as despised as it's ever been before. 
They don't want to hear about our good services. They don't want to hear about our miracles. They don't want to hear about our healing. You call in with COVID, what's the first thing they want to know? Where do you worship? No. I'm not mad at them. I'm mad at the agenda. I'm not mad at the puppet. I'm mad at the puppet master. I'm mad at the agenda behind. We are despised. But I want the enemy to know we're still dancing. We're dancing anyway. We're believing anyway. He was leaping and he was dancing and he was... Come on, whether the world likes it or not. I'm gonna dance because he's worthy. I'm gonna shout because he's worthy. I'm gonna praise him because he's worthy. Oh, you ought to just do that in your own way, in your own way. Just give your praise to God. But it wasn't just David. We isolate David. When David was in the meadow with Goliath, he was by himself. It was just him. But this story was not just David. The text we said, or read says, and all. all the whole church. Everybody with him. David started dancing. Some dude would start killing animals. <laughs> Every time that the ox would die, so would their flesh. Every time, Every time that a fatling would die, their feet would start moving. <sighs> what are you doing, David? You know we could get there faster. I don't want a fast move. I don't want a move of God that costs me nothing. I don't want a move of God that's like the TV dinner I was talking about this morning. Here it is. Sing the right song. Bring. How many... Let's just tell on ourselves. How many remember the song growing up that it didn't matter how dead the service was? Help me out, IBC. How many of you know the song at your home church that if you sing that song, people are going to dance? Somebody yell the name of the song. Power, fill with the spirit. Yeah, that's a good one. That one can get me too. Who else? Somebody? Jesus said it. Oh, that is a good one. That's the... I've got the river. Oh, you should have been there when I prayed through. That is a good one. What else? Anybody else? Breakthrough. Breakthrough in my heart. Breakthrough in my... Some of y'all head, shoulders, knees... Breakthrough in my spirit, breakthrough in my soul. Breakthrough when I worship, break, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. What else? Anybody else? I, I got to praise. I got to praise and I got it. Any of y'all remember those from when you were younger? 
How many of you remember a song? Somebody yell out a song at me that if your church sang it, I don't care where you went to church. I don't care if they were so country there was more guitars than teeth. It don't matter. You remember the song. Can't stop praising his name. My jobs can't stop. I'm going to tell you, north, south, east, and west, it didn't matter what camp meeting you're doing or what church you're in. How many remember you growing up and they started? Every new shall back. It's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Anybody remember another one? Okay. So, hallelujah what? I don't even know that one. You're going to have to tell me that. He says, Seriously? How many, who else? Come on, help me. Name so sweet, Jesus. Jesus' name so sweet. Ah, has that got a little Jamaican flair to it? Tell me the truth. Jesus' name so sweet. I try to get close enough they can hear you. Brother Watkins, you probably should stop singing that. You're liable to get embarrassed. Don't you care about getting isolated? You don't care about being made fun of? You ain't worried about people laughing at you? I don't care what song it was. I just wonder if you still think he's worthy. If you still believe he's worthy. I know you thought it as a kid, but do you believe it now? Do you believe he's as worthy as he's ever been? He's as good as he's ever been. He's never changed. He's never diminished. He's never been less powerful. Come on, he's the same, and he's worthy of all my praise. He's worthy of all my worship. He's worthy of it all. Let me poll, let me poll the crowd. Poll the crowd. How many of, now I know, I know not everyone's demonstrative. This is, if you're not a demonstrative person, if you're one of these, you just do this with all you got. You just put a little extra hip in it. Just, just, you just, nobody's taking shots at you. But how many of you remember the first time you ever like leapt or danced in church? Who can remember? I can remember the first time I danced in church. I lost my mind. I was in a prayer line. I prayed the whole prayer line that God would let me dance. I didn't know you could just do it on your own. I prayed to, I just, honest to God, I prayed the whole prayer line. God, I didn't want to dance. I didn't want to dance. I didn't want to dance. I didn't know you just dance. Just dance. But I do know this. I can tell you, as sure as I'm standing before you, when I hit the front of that prayer line and the minister laid hands on me, Brother Ashley laid hands, big old hand was as big as my whole head, laid hands on me. I do not know outside of the power of the Holy Ghost what hit me. 
But Brother Sleva, I can tell you as sure as I'm standing here, something took over my body in my pure innocence and I had prayed to God that I could dance. I danced across the front of that. Listen, I do not remember. We had those. Anybody ever go to church, you had those long altars that were like just individual benches? They were like hurdles for aisle runners. Remember that? We had... We had those altars, those altars in our church. I did not even know. I, I was just a young guy. When I came to, my mom was crying. I had danced this little, this little altar. I had danced it sideways. I danced right into it. Never, I, honestly, I'm not one of those people that's like, and I didn't even know it was it. That's the only time I can tell you. But it lit something in me. I'm telling you, it was, it was over 30 years ago that that happened to me. But here I am, 40 years old, and I'm standing in his presence saying, I feel like a little kid when I get in the presence of God. I just want him to know that I love him. I just want him to know that I think he's worthy. I just want him to know. So whether you're a leaper, then you ought to leap. And if you're a dancer, then you ought to dance. If you're just a hand raiser, you ought to raise your hands and tell him that you love him. But everybody in your own way, you ought to give him praise if you know he's worthy. He is worthy. I'm gonna say it again. He is worthy. Brother Coffee, I'm so honored that you're here tonight. We talked and we talked about Quincy and we, I called you that day and I talked to you at the funeral. And when we saw, and the way you talked at that funeral, it made me recognize we ought to have a longing at all times for heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you, what do you think heaven's going to be? What is it? We're going to gather. With the four and 20 elders. Somebody asked me last week, why do you want to go to heaven? It was an honest question. They were genuine. They were sincere. And I honored the question. But I'm going to tell this whole congregation the answer that I told them. I want to see him. I want to see him. I want to see him. He's the one who suffered, bled, and died for me. He, he manifests himself in flesh. He came down to this world. There's only one who died for me. There's only one. The least I can tell him tonight is I plan on coming. I'm a worship to when I sister Gallion, when I tell me the truth, tell on yourself. Do you ever listen to Magruder's? Did you ever sing any of those songs? When I was a kid, when I was a kid, they'd sing that song, I'm just warming up. Do you remember that? What? First solo? No wonder the spirit drove me to you. <laughs> Remember that old, I almost said CD, but it was a tape where he said, I'm Priscilla Magruder. Go ahead and clap for me. Do you remember that? I don't know if you remember. I thought that was the funniest thing ever. He said, I'm just warming up. Remember that? For when I reached the other side, I can remember them singing that in a high school auditorium in Anna. People there that weren't Pentecostal didn't have the experience. But I'm going to tell you when they started singing that, and when I see those, and they swing open wide, I'm gonna, 
Shout for joy because I've reached the others. Remember that? But wasn't there a verse in Exodus I'm like, and if you think I shout down here, you ain't. You know it was a good Southern gospel song because they used ain't in it. You ain't. See, no, I don't know if they really did that or if just my church adapted to that. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing. But we'd sing about heaven. I mean, we'd sing about going to heaven. We'd preach about going to heaven. And I'm going to tell you, when they'd start singing about it or he'd start preaching about it, you could not contain the people. One, one of the world's most subtle yet effective one of their most effective tools has been to deaden our sensation towards heaven. But I'm gonna remind you what the Magruders tried to teach a bunch of us 20 years ago. This is a warm up, folks. This is a warm up. This is a warm up. I, I don't, I just don't understand why the world's against us. Really? You will be hated. Can I address this? The problem is we really want good church and them to like us too. Man, I'm preaching where we're living right now. We really want to have real good church that nobody questions. But Sister Gail, I've had to make up my mind. Whether they like it or not, this is right. Whether they believe it or not, this is true. Whether they despise us. I'm going to tell you right now, they want to call the church. They want to stop by and knock on the door. They want to stop by the college. There's people who do not want this to go forward, but the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church. You can despise me all day long. I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance. You set up in the window, Michael. You set up in the... You've got to decide... Their opinion, their favor, Michael's applause is not your mission. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think we can still do it in such a way that everybody, you can't do anything in a way that's going to make everybody happy. You can't even make yourself happy sometimes. You ever get frustrated? Brother Larry, sometimes I get frustrated with me. There's days I don't even like me. How do I expect to make everybody else happy? We got to get away from that foolishness. And that's what it is. We got to get, I, I don't plan on preaching to itching ears. I don't plan on preaching to masses that don't want to hear truth. But I do know that if we'll preach the name and if we'll worship him, he'll inhabit the praises of his people. Come on, come on. He will inhabit. He will inhabit. He will inhabit. Hear me. They don't have to know anything about Pentecost. Brother Angelo, when they walk in here and feel this. I got feedback from a visitor. I don't want to single anybody out. But I got feedback from a visitor even this morning that said, I've never felt like that anywhere. Said, I've never felt that kind of liberty anywhere. I've never felt like this about myself. I've never felt. I'm going to tell you, that was good singing, but you don't get that in a song. 
I'm doing my best to preach, but it ain't from the preaching. There's only one who can do that. And his name is above every name. And when they... When his people begin to worship him, the music helps. I believe the preaching is ordained by God's word, but ultimately you gotta make up your mind whether the singing's good or not, whether the preaching's good or not. I'm doing it because he's worthy. He's worthy of the very best that I can give. Somebody lift your hands and lift your voice. Stand with me all over the house. Stand and praise him. What do you want to sing? Let's sing something good. What are you thinking? I like that one. Come on, come down here too. If you come down here, I might shut up. Come down here. Because I don't feel like it right now. I'm just going to tell you. I feel like wearing the devil out. That's how I feel. I'm sick of him trying to convince us that our kids will not come back and that our church cannot have revival and that our families can. I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. I'm sick of him wearing some of your minds out that COVID's never gonna be over. Some of you that are watching online, I'm sick of him convincing you that you're still not good enough to get back. I wish somebody let whoever's watching hear these applause. We want you back. We want you to come home. Come home. Come on, this is a house full of imperfect people that have been picked up by a perfect God. Come down here. Listen. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word, by the word of our testimony. Sometimes you gotta work yourself into it. How glorious was the King today? I know this ain't politically correct. I know this seems a little strong. But you need to get a little something in your spirit that says, shut up, Michael. Some of you refuse to live for God because the voices of family. <laughs> and I'm going to serve notice to anybody here or anybody watching that's holding your family back because you won't get your act together. you got a dangerous day ahead of you. Shut your mouth and let them worship God. My God, I feel something right there. Throw your hands towards heaven. Throw your hands towards heaven. I want everybody in this building to begin to feel worship. Feel worship. Come on you right now. Feel liberty. Begin to praise God. If you want to come to the front, you can. If you want to step into the aisle, you don't have to. But wherever you are, I want you to move into worship. I want you to begin to give.